The following podcast contains explicit language. Something we've been doing with our live shows that makes them really scary to go to, but extra fun to be at, is requiring everyone to wear special name tags. There are two colors available, green or red, green for single, red for taken, and it adds this flirty voltage to the room. I mean, we're already surrounded by stylish men's clothing and free cocktails, but now eyes are darting to name tags. Anything can happen. And let me just say, stuff might happen. So that's just something to think about as you listen to this last live episode from our summer tour with Bonobos. This one was recorded inside a guide shop in Los Angeles. I can't believe this is our last of three live shows made possible by Bonobos. Thank you, Bonobos, for making this possible. Now, when we were in New York, I told you about everything I know about dating that I'd learned from my grandmother. When we were in Chicago, I told you what I'd learned from my mom. And today in L.A., we're going to learn that everything I know about dating in L.A. comes from my friend, Jeremy. You and I became friends because we worked on a project together and you were really cool. Now, a fun part about my job as an audio editor is that when your friend calls you cool, you can play it back to yourself. (laughs) It's like a self-esteem-boosting micro-self-help audiobook. You were really cool. Stop it. You were really cool. You were really cool. You were really cool. 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 And uh, I'm really cool. Sure. And everyone at Slate is really cool, so. Jeremy and I both work for the Slate Group, but I'm a Panoply podcaster, and he's a Slate writer. I am an avid listener of YOY and email you basically every single week to either compliment, question, or just wonder aloud what's going on and how something came into being in YOY. Our friendship really started with these emails he'd send me. It would be like this one. (laughs) Subject line only, do you hate men? Longtime listeners know that that was an episode that we did. (laughs) And at first I tried to dismiss these kinds of emails. My reply was, you'll find out on the show next week. (laughs) So this part of the story starts to rely on a slideshow of emails from my friend. It's pretty visual. So let me just give you the cliff notes. When you're newly single and you make a new friend who is also single, there's a shared language. You're like two tired soldiers comparing wounds and stories while fighting the same war. After my last relationship ended, I remember sometimes I would walk home from work and just count my single comrades on my hands. I was glad to add Jeremy to that list. And that's why I feel like I have any knowledge at all about what it's like to date here in L.A. Yeah, you can look at the numbers. Like, in L.A., 55.8% of their adult population is single. They're in fourth place nationwide for the most single city in America. And to give that fourth place some context, first place is New Orleans, ninth place is New York City. So in the L.A. versus New York debate, I actually think that Angelinos have it worse. According to a Match.com survey from 2016, they apparently go on more online dates than New Yorkers. And they have more exes than New Yorkers. Plus, the bars close earlier. So from talking to Jeremy, I've learned something else. I think there's more making out that goes on in L.A., which is what our next segment's about. I brought Jeremy up on stage to help me introduce it. Okay, Jeremy, come on up! (laughs) My friend Jeremy! Hi, Andrea. Hi, Bonobos. 
whole production when you were just like in the audience and we could have just hung out? <laughs> so you said this thing when we were chatting that like totally blew my mind. And it's all I can think about when I think about dating in L.A. now. You wait for somebody to get in their lift and then you like kiss them goodnight or you don't. And then you walk somebody to their car and then you kiss them goodnight or you don't. In L.A., you are all making out in or near cars. True or false? Is this a fact of dating here? If I could applaud right now, I'd applaud, but my hands are full. I found someone who agrees with you about this. Definitely an awkward moment when there's like a random valet there or like an Uber driver just like waiting. I found an amateur kissing coach. Um, Hi, my name's Erica Rose, and I was on The Bachelor and Bachelor Pad and a show on VH1 and then also the kissing expert on TLC's Love at First Kiss. And she says that there's a lot we can learn from kissing. I want you to agree or disagree with this. I think you can tell a lot by, like, a guy and the way he kisses. For example, if they're, like, over-eager and, like, using so much tongue and just want to keep making out, you can probably tell that he hasn't kissed someone in, like, a really long time and he's, just, like, <laughs> overly excited about it. He's kissed that Whereas guy. Whereas a yeah. more, like, playerish type of guy, a more experienced, will probably already have, like, his kissing technique down and, and be, like, a way better kisser. And then I think if a guy just gives, like, a little hard kiss, he probably might have struggles with intimacy. So you're my, like, dude friend. Is this true that, like, I could learn a ton about guys from how they kiss? I think I've been every single one of those kissers, yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. Like, everybody's got different days. Okay, well, we're about to do an experiment. I'm taking that mic back. And thank you so much, Jeremy. You're free. You can go back to your life. Okay. So this is a difficult ask. I do not know if this is going to work at all. <laughs> but I want some people to come up on stage to kiss. And I have, I have kissing instructions from Erica Rose that I will play while you're up on stage. <laughs> and I, I need people who have ideally never kissed before. If possible, like someone you've been eyeing. And I have a way that we can do this. Like maybe someone you've noticed here in the room tonight who you'd like to kiss. <laughs> And the thing that's at stake is a gift certificate for a free Bonobos shirt. One of these amazing shirts you see here in the stores. Okay. $80 value. (laughs) This is what I'm going to do is I want you guys, I'm going to say who here is willing to kiss a stranger. And then you raise your hand. And then if you lock eyes with someone who you would like to kiss, then the two of you come up. Okay? And I could go for multiple couples up here, but no fakers. I want this to be the first time you've ever kissed. We're going to play Erica Rose and some romantic music. We're going to create a vibe. Like, it'll be really fun. And we have chairs that you can share. Okay, so who wants to uh, raise your hand if you would be game for kissing a stranger? Then you lock eyes. If you make eye contact, kind of shrug at that person. I'd like some couples to come up here. Bonobo's t-shirt at stake. Who is game for kissing a stranger on stage? See some hand over there? It's so painful. Like, come on, kiss. He's just kissing. Oh, there's a dude. Dude? So, shrug, so shrugging. Do some shrugging at each other. Come on up. Come on up. Everyone who's game, come up and we'll pair off. We'll figure it out on stage. Okay. So, uh, introduce yourselves. Into the mic. Yeah, yeah, into the mic, please. How's it going? I'm Luke. Hi, nice to meet you, Luke. I'm okay, Ariana. Casual tea, yeah. Oh, I see that. Okay. Hi, I'm Ariana. Nice to meet you. Ariana. Nice to meet you. I'm nervous. Yeah, me too. <laughs> My heart is racing really fast. That's a good sign, right? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of single are you guys? Like, oh, oh. Uh, 
You go first. <laughs> um, I, I'm a, I have an experienced love single. <laughs> have you experienced love? Yeah, I'd say I have. I, I'm a relatively uh, recently single and getting back into it single. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay, well, here is some kissing advice for you guys. <laughs> and, then, and then when it's done, we'll play some romantic music, and you guys can take her advice. She tells you like where to put your hands, so just try really hard to pay attention. <laughs> you want it to be something memorable and not something super awkward. Make sure they have good breath, and make sure that their lips are moisturized. So the worst thing is if someone has dry chapped lips and that's very common in LA so it's really important it's good sometimes as a guy I think to touch a girl's face because I just think with women at least myself we like that I don't think you should try for guys I don't think you should try to like grab a boob or anything like that unless you're like in a relationship or been dating someone for a little bit because that's just inappropriate right away and for women I think if a guy has good hair it's nice to like grab their hair you sneakily want to see, you know, if they have good muscles and you can't tell, and maybe you can grab, like, their bicep area, and then that way you can figure it out. If you're making out, I think it's good to vary it and always leaving someone wanting more. All right, that's kissing advice from Erica Rose. Do you guys want sexy music or, like, very romantic music? I feel like the audience has to choose this one. Okay, sexy music? And then they started making out. There's a video of this up on our website, yyradio.com. But I actually spoke to Luke and Ariana on the phone, separately, and asked them all about the experience. When you first announced the plan, and you kind of teased it earlier on, before even actually asking for volunteers, I just felt like I knew it was going to end up being me. I'm the guy that always... I'm always the guy. Honestly, this is, there's not that much that embarrasses me, so I, I only imagine positive things coming out of it, if not just a funny story. When I was going up on stage, I was definitely nervous. If, if there was ever a meet-cute, this is it. It wasn't the idea of making out with a stranger, because ultimately I've done that plenty of times. And if I'm being totally honest, I'm not totally inexperienced with making out with strangers, so... I tend to really be attracted to like short petite women and she fell under that category and she was really smiley she had like good kind of bubbly energy my first thought was that he's tall and i'm not i knew there was going to be some serious lineage that could come off looking pretty goofy tell me about the chapstick situation Part of the advice was, you know, have well-moisturized lips. And so he took out some chapstick uh, from his pocket, some lip balm that you apply with your finger. I have a very happy addiction to Carmex, and I carry it with me at all times. It wasn't flavored or anything. It was medicinal. I remember it burned a little bit when I put it on. When you kiss someone, you potentially could have conflicting, like, flavored lips. Right. So we were both on the Carmex page 
that, that bodes well for, you know, the, the chemistry, for the connection to, to be a success. So was it a good kiss? Yeah, no complaints. Yeah, it was a great kiss. I think we were both in our own heads. As soon as we started kissing, all the advice that the woman had said in the recording was out the window for me. In the process of trying to take the advice, it's hard to really live in the moment and, and think about what's going on when you're thinking about things to do. Once we started kissing, it was like everything else kind of melted away and not to be too sappy. Do you remember like hand in the hair and like arm on the bicep? And so I just tried to do both at the same time. Are you guys going to kiss again? What, what became of the two of you? We chatted a little bit and exchanged numbers, but no follow-ups. So I texted her at 11.50 p.m. that night when we had already parted ways. Because I said, Luke, thanks for the kiss. I guess in my mind, the most natural response to that would be an immediate reply. She texted me back the next day at 3 p.m. and said, you're welcome. Thanks for returning the favor. I don't know. I, I didn't really know how to interpret the delay. And it also wasn't something that necessitated a response. So I just kind of left it as is. He did text that night and I texted back, but no, no exchange further than that. Okay, so be honest. Did you exchange numbers with any other girls you met at the YOY live show? Yeah, a bunch. <laughs> how many? But- well, so there was a group of one, two, three. I think I'm, I'm now connected with four <laughs> others. It definitely made for, for a fun evening. <laughs> so you do it again? I mean, I, it was fun, but I, I wouldn't want to become the girl that makes out with strangers on all podcast live tapings. It's a very strange phenomenon to kiss in front of so many people and, and hear this uproar as you're kissing. I guess you do that at like a wedding or after you propose to someone, but it's unnatural for sure. And, and obviously in those situations that I just referenced, there are people that have known each other for a long time. So, you know, apples and oranges. Erica Rose, you were an incredible guest. Thank you. Wow. I have nothing now. I gotta just end the show. That was so good. Okay, so joining me now on stage are two incredible individuals who somehow found each other and got married. Rishikesh Herway is a musician and a composer and hosts the podcast Song Exploder and the West Wing Weekly. Lindsay Mortensen is the founder of Larson and Lund, a line of handcrafted leather accessories. Come on up, guys. Welcome to the show. (laughs) They're so brave. Lindsay said she was sweating on their behalf. (laughs) Welcome to (laughs) YOY. I will not make you guys do that, I swear. It wouldn't be uh, It happens naturally, though. We will not stop you. (laughs) So give me the love story. We don't do a lot of love stories on YOY, but I've used Bonobos as an excuse to hear some love stories. You guys met when you were living in different cities. Yeah, I was living in New York, and Rishi was living in L.A., but he was in New York at the end of a tour for his band, The One Am Radio. And um, we met because I followed his band on MySpace. Um, 
and he, 2007. in 2007, and he came across my MySpace profile and sent me a message. <laughs> <laughs> what was that message? So part of my job in our relationship is the historian, and she's, she's already gotten a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I. I sent her a message just saying, because she wasn't actually following my band on, on MySpace. I was trying to do this thing where I was trying to add friends. You know, you could have, your band could have a page on MySpace and you could add friends or, you know, people could become your band's friend. I forget exactly how the mechanics of it went. There's but so many businesses that started by just like entrepreneurs friending people on MySpace late at yeah. night. That's how Girlboss yeah. became Girlboss. Yeah. So I was doing that, trying to look for people who said they liked my band in their favorite music, you know, you could list your favorite music on there, but had not yet already followed me on MySpace because I was going to send out all these tour dates. That would be like me searching OkCupid for fans of YOY and then just, <laughs> and then like liking them. But specifically so that then you could send them your Bonobos live show. Yeah, where I just dates. be like, you should download this great podcast. Exactly. <laughs> if you like Song Exploder, you might like YOY. Exactly. <laughs> So I was going through and, you know, adding people kind of mindlessly, you know, just going through search results. But then on Lindsay's page, she put, you know, a bunch of bands and the 1M radio was one of them. But then in parentheses, she put so cute. <laughs> and that was a first that I had never seen that. And so I like stopped and had to look at all her pictures and <laughs> see what was happening. And then I sent her a message, like pretty tame, just saying, hey, I'm playing these shows and you should come to the show in New York. How did you find them, Lindsay? I found it on an NPR website. <laughs> That's really nerdy. <laughs> so rock star in your DMs, only it's MySpace. Yeah. The, how did this lead to actual dates? There were some twists and turns. I thought it was like a mass email or like a message that was like for everyone. So I was like, oh, okay, that's nice, cool. And then didn't respond. And then I think a few days later, I get a, another message that's kind of the same content, but from his personal account. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, okay. Historian? Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so September 11, 2007, that is the date of? Our first date. Your first date. October 27th, 2007, like a month later in a week. What happened that day? I asked Lindsay to marry me. Aww. How does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm... Uh, the kind of single that I am is uh, very pragmatic, remove all obstacles as quickly as possible <laughs> kind of single. And uh, I'd spent, you know, a few years being single where I would go on some dates. And then as soon as I realized that there was no future in it or there wasn't really anything substantial in it, it would just end. And I'd been doing that for a while. So I'd date someone for like three weeks at a time. And I was kind of, I guess I was just feeling like this is kind of what I didn't know what success would look like, but I certainly knew what failure <laughs> was looking like over and over again. And then I met Lindsay and it felt like high school again. And I didn't actually know that I was capable of still having that feeling. And just that, I felt like that was something that was really special. And I had to, you know, couldn't let that go and had to try and lock it down. But to just know, like, I guess I go on so many dates and I'm like, do I feel anything? Have I ever felt anything? Will I ever feel anything again? And to feel it that clearly and to be able to hear that signal so loudly, I'm, I'm just jealous of that kind of a moment. And I don't know if I'll ever be capable of it. I don't think it's a matter of capability because like I said, I've spent a long time feeling that way too, but then it happened. Even at the time, I think we probably both felt this way, but it still feels like a huge leap of faith. <laughs> just marriage or, or just I mean like getting engaged when you're like how well do I know this person really like 
it still feels like you're taking that leap. Yeah, it's coming on 10 years now that we've been together, but I would not recommend our path to anybody else. <laughs> if anybody else is dating somebody for six weeks and thinking about asking them to marry them, I'd say, don't do it. Wait a little longer. <laughs> do you think we should listen to the song you wrote inspired by your vows? Okay. Yeah? <laughs> Tell me about the song. Um, this song was for a movie. Actually, it's a movie about weddings. It's called Save the Date uh, that my friend made. There's a scene where one of the characters in the movie is in a band and has to play and sing a song. And so he asked me to write something for it. And it was the summer before we were getting married. And so I wrote this song. And it's kind of my vows, I guess. If you guys want to start kissing again, you can. <laughs> Eventually, the song. We don't have to listen to the yeah. whole thing. No, I'm gonna, but eventually, I'm gonna dip it down. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, the the song says, uh, "All the shit I went through brought me to you." I remember listening to this on my couch when my relationship was ending. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, like how like a really like the right tone of melancholy. I feel like a lot of your music has that for me. It's like it's not melancholy where like. I can't get out of bed today. It's melancholy where it's like, I'm going to keep figuring out these feelings and sitting in them. It's nice wow. for me. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Accidents from 1AM Radio. So Lindsay, in an interview, you described Rishikesh as your behind the scenes partner. And I was thinking, you guys are having a really good career year, <laughs> both of you, right? You started this West Wing podcast. Your beautiful, tiny apartment was profiled in Dwell. Like, you, ha you guys have so much going for you. What has that been like to get together 10 years ago and then have this moment in your lives where you and your partner are starting to really have to support each other professionally and, and see all the work that you've done pay off? I mean, it's pretty amazing. I mean, because, you know, you're before all that stuff, you're partners in life. So then to see all the, like, some of your efforts pay off, even if it's a little bit, is so satisfying. And then to be there for each other, to support each other through those, like, good moments, is it feels really good. It doesn't feel that good for me, right? because I just feel like it doesn't feel any different. Somehow, this year doesn't feel any different than 2007 did, because I think there's always this feeling of, you know, you believe in your partner and that was a big part of us getting together and kind of backing each other up. But it always feels like part of the reason why I, I fell in love with Lindsay is because she's also a big dreamer. And the problem with that is that like, there's no real end to that. It's not like you wake up one morning and you're like, oh, okay, cool, dreams realized. Because every time you get to some other point, then there's something else that you can, you can imagine doing. So there's a level of dissatisfaction that we both have all the time that's actually really nice and a, a big part of our relationship. Yeah, we both have like really big dreams, which is are fun to have together, whether or not they come true or not. 
or, you know, maybe we're like, oh, they're no longer dreams, but like, it's fun to have them together, you know, like dreaming about moving to another country or, you know, all these, these big things that maybe you, you never do, but it's fun to fantasize about it together. That, there was something that Lindsay said in her, her vows that I remember where she, she said something about that, like one of her promises was to like make failures easier. Mm. We didn't know what uh, each other was going to say during our vows, but that one has really stuck with me. This is why I don't interview couples normally. <laughs> <laughs> show where I just get like really in my head and feeling like really left out of this like magic (laughs) (laughs) but no but so wait is the relationship easier when everything's going great and like you know the tide's rising or is the relationship feel more valuable to you guys in those failure moments like where do you need each other the most I mean I don't think it's easier when things are going well to be honest because because when things are going well it usually means we don't have time to be with each other which in a lot of ways makes it harder but when we're both struggling, we're there for each other. So I guess in some ways, when things aren't going well in our lives, it's better for our relationship. You guys are an IRC. It's an abbreviation that Naomi and Andy from my New York show love to use all the time, interracial couple. So where does the IRC stuff fall in the larger scheme of relationship challenges in your lives? How important is that for you guys? Well, I remember when, when I first looked at Lindsay's pictures on MySpace, I was going through her profile pictures, and one of them was a picture of her in India that had been taken the year before. And <laughs> I think there's something kind of sad and cynical about it, but I was like, okay, I feel like I have a chance then. <laughs> um, because I, I, yeah, I thought that like, okay, that, she's like, <laughs> she's, op- you know, she's open to multicultural experiences. You know, th- I thought that this meant that at least like one more barrier was kind of removed. It's still sometimes tricky. I mean, like, my family speaks Marathi at home, and sometimes we'll just use Marathi shorthand for things, whatever, and it's such an important part of my identity and my, especially, like, relating to my family. And so we try and incorporate Lindsay in that. I mean, we just do in general. Like, my mom, half the time, will speak Marathi to Lindsay, even though she, and she won't realize until, like, three sentences in that she doesn't understand. But, you know, just, like, saying certain words or names or something like that, they're not always easy on poor white Lindsay's uh, linguistic abilities. (laughs) That's the only time when I think it's really hard. And oftentimes I think we forget about that part of it because we've been together for so long now. And also because we live in LA, that's, you know, one thing here that like nobody looks at us twice, really. Sometimes when we travel, Lindsay's family lives in Atlanta. And sometimes when we go there, there are times when I'll notice people like looking at us maybe a little bit longer, but in general, I feel like it's all right. The other day, it was the anniversary of the Loving v. Virginia decision. And I was thinking about saying something, you know, on Twitter or something about it, how I really loved chocolate. It was actually something kind of mean and teasing, so I didn't post it on Twitter. But but anyway, I was thinking about that because I also didn't feel like I could just be, like, too on the nose about how important that decision was, how we take that for granted. But I definitely think about it, you know, and I certainly thought about when we first got together. And it's something that I'm never not conscious of at some level, but in terms of our relationship, it's never been a, never really been an issue. I only think about it when we're at airports and <laughs> dealing with TSA and it's, we've had a couple of painful experiences. And so now whenever we have to go through security, I'm like, all right, who's, who are they going to stop? Yeah. It's grim. Yeah. Lindsay one time got so mad at this. Uh, we were in an international like customs area or something and we were, but we were just walking off the plane to the baggage claim and a TSA agent you know, a bunch of people walking, TSA agent just like singled me out and was like, let me see your passport. And I showed him my passport, you know, and 
whatever it was in order. So it was fine. And we kept walking and Lindsay was so mad afterwards. And for me, it was just like routine. It didn't really occur to me to even get mad about it because I was like, yeah, of course this happens all the time. But I think it was the first time Lindsay had really witnessed it firsthand. This, this was some years ago. And uh, I was actually really touched by how upset she was. <laughs> <laughs> so now we ask for a volunteer from the audience to let us plug in their phone and recommend a new anthem song. Tinder has a Spotify integration that'll display one song on your profile page that you can play right from your phone. And heads up, the wireless mic we use kind of cuts in and out in a few moments. It's not going to happen a ton, just a few times, so don't let it bug you. Okay? Now, let's meet our volunteer. Okay, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Christine. Hi, Christine. Hello. <laughs> what day and app do you love? You know, I'm bad at all of them, but... Uh, I don't think it's a thing you want to be good at. No, I don't think so either. But uh, Tinder is, uh, is the one that I, that I use frequently. Because it's like, where I live, I live in Whittier. And... Uh, <laughs> hey, okay, um, I'm just going to say, I'll, all right, this is a kind of a plug. Yeah. I produce a podcast, because who doesn't? It's called What's Up Whittier. So for those of you people who just groaned about my town, I implore you to listen to it and you'll be reminded when you re-listen to this episode. Whittier, it's if you take the 605 South. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, where the 605 and the 5 meet, you'll get off on Florence and you'll head north and you'll land in my town. So this, but that's LA talk by freeways. Um, so like take the 101 to the 5. You can take the, no, yeah, I would say take the 5 and then get off on Florence. <laughs> the Citadel, guys. Past the Citadel outlets. Um, I love it. Okay, so I'm going to edit info. And then this is the oh smart photos, right? This is so cute. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, so you're, wait. Oh so we, we're learning I a lot about this. you. Yeah. I, you know, it's, you put it out there. So, do okay, you, so do we, I describe the pictures? Do I oh, do the things? Well, just um, you ask her some questions that we would need to know about her in order okay. to choose an anthem. Have you ever had an anthem on your Tinder profile before? Yes, I have. It was um, from the musical Hamilton. Mm-hmm. It's the one when Angelica's like, and when I meet Thomas Jefferson, I'm going to compel him to include women in the sequel. Skylar Sisters, thank you. I don't know why I spaced out on that. It's like the Skylar Sisters. Yeah. I guess because I'm, I have never used Tinder because it came after my time. But I can remember <laughs> on, on MySpace, they all, you could also put a song on there. I remember one time I put Kiss the Girl by Ashley Tisdale because I had a crush on this guy. Duh. And you were trying like, to get the, the girl. Okay, you so know? we're just going to sample swipe. So like with anyone's profile, he does not pick one. Uh, so this guy picked an anthem that we will not be able to hear He's really. He's a chilla guy. It tells you a lot about a person, possibly. Okay, here's my philosophy about the music you put out on, uh, I guess this is may- maybe more more geared towards women uh, who are trying to date men than the other way around. I don't know if it works for guys who are trying to date other guys, but this is a thing for guys for sure. The music that you put on your profile is important. So my sister is now married, but I like meddling a lot. And I rewrote her OkCupid profile um, because she wasn't, she wasn't getting great results. And she was, she'd filled it out in a way that was very honest, but it wasn't necessarily the things that a guy would be most interested in. So I rewrote it for her, only telling the truth, but it was specifically geared towards things that I knew guys would respond to. So one of the things that uh, I told her, I was, like, I was like, you should mention the bands that you like that guys are going to be excited about. So 
I had her talk about her love for Wilco, Radiohead, and Neil Young. Just like, it's just catnip for guys. And, uh, um, and uh, you know, she's a baseball fan and she likes Belgian beers. All this stuff, you know. And then she met a guy a few weeks later and now they're married and they have a, a baby. Uh, so, so that's the thing that I would say about when you're choosing your anthem is it's important to be you know, true to yourself, but you should also be thinking about the audience more than you should be thinking about like, what's your favorite song right now. You should be thinking about what a song that might get a guy, I mean, with Tinder it might be different if it's more hookup, I don't really know. But if you're trying to get somebody who's gonna converse with you, I think you should try and like bathe them a little bit. Okay, so what's some catnip? What's the kind of guy you're looking for? I mean, I'm just trying to think of things that I like that a general audience would like. The Beatles. I, I mean, one of my favorite Beatles songs. Is, I know. Well, see, the thing right? is, if you go, if you go general audience, then you might get general responses. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. good to go specific, but you know, like, who do you have on Andrea right now? Who, who's who's on yours? Oh, we should just uh, flip over and look. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I also want to show you an example of it not working. Like, who, who does not work for me? So here's my Tinder. This is so personal, what I'm showing you guys right now. That's how I felt when you were on yeah, my Tinder. I know. Oh, wait, this is not the guy. There's another guy where I was like, you, really? This is your band? Because it didn't match up with his, the rest yes, of his information? Yes, Okay, so Peter, tattooing cats. He was seeming cool. And then he had Blink-182. <laughs> That's the thing about tattoos. They're all different kinds. You never know, you know, it's like, what kind of single are you? It's like, what kind of tattoo, punk are, you? tattoo are you? Okay, so then here's, this is, God, this is getting so personal. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So I was working, I was editing an episode that's coming up, and I started mixing with this song by Heavy D. That's a great choice, I think. This is the message I'm sending out, is I'm looking for somebody. I want somebody to love me for me, not because I'm MC Heavy D. I'm looking for a love that's as solid as a rock. But I think the bigger statement that it makes is that you actually have Heavy D and the Boys on your profile because that's like, it's pretty specific. I mean, at one time, Heavy D was general audience, but now you're really like appealing to a throwback 90s hip hop loving person. And, mm. uh, and, and that, that starts I, to carve that? pretty Is that a guy I want to date? I think, you know, yeah. I think okay, so. Okay, so maybe maybe you want to date 90s throwback? No, you're younger than me. Uh, I think you need to go deeper, like something more specific to what you really, like, who, who would you go see in concert? This, this isn't helpful because I have seen Beyonce and I have seen Nicki Minaj. Like, those are the people I would go see in concert. Mm. Um, I, Tom Petty. All right. See, mm. I mean, like. Thank you. Because I'm human, I love Beyonce, but that's not an that's not an artist. <laughs> Do you that, want to date someone who doesn't love Beyonce? Right. Isn't this so the that's, ultimate filter? That's what I'm saying. It's Correct. not going to actually. It might not bring someone. It gives him a thing to talk to you in. about too. He could be like the twins. It gives you something to start talking about. <laughs> like, do you think it's a boy girl? Do you think it's a girl girl? What do you think it is? What about them moving to LA and they build a maternity ward in their mansion? But this is why I think you got to go more specific. It okay. narrows down the choices, but it means that if somebody actually has something to say about it, one, they'll be like, oh, she's made a specific choice that appeals to me. We never found a song for Christine's profile. It's hard. But we did come to a few conclusions. You got to find a song that stands out. Because everyone loves Beyonce and the Beatles. And this is good advice for your whole profile. Just make choices that mean something to you, not like you're just trying to fit in. We thank Christine, and then I had one last question for Rishikesh and Lindsay. 
So I ask this of all the couples who we just as like my medicine for the downer, I start to feel when I realize how single I am. Just remind us why we're out there. Tell us like something really special from your lives together, just to remind all the green name tags in this audience. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing all the swiping? One of the things that we discovered as after we got together is that we are pretty different. Lindsay's an introvert and pretty independent. And I am an extrovert and really like I need to be around people and want to talk to people. And that doesn't always work out um, between the two of us when both of us want totally different things. But there was a time where I felt like, so in that first week of us going on dates when I was in New York, the last day before I flew back to LA, Lindsay had to do a bunch of work for her job. She was working from home. So she was like, yeah, we can go out, but I have to do, you know, do stuff. And I, I didn't have anywhere to go. She's like, but do you want to just come over and, you know, you can hang out while I work? And I said, sure. So that day we just kind of sat on her bed. She was working on her laptop and I was working on my laptop. And there was something really quiet about it. And I kind of, I got to have, I think what I wanted, that there was somebody there, there was somebody, you know, nearby. And I think Lindsay got to have the kind of companionship that like worked for her. That was, it wasn't really like, frantic or anything. And I think it was actually in that moment that I started to first get this feeling of like, this could be the person I end up with for the rest of my life because there was something very calm and easy about it. It was effortless. And so I think that's maybe the reason why is to be able to feel like you can have the things that you want without having to expend energy to, to get them. And I guess more fully become the person that you want to be with this other person. <laughs> I have nothing. I'm going to go home and cry. That's so beautiful. Are you kidding me? That's what love is? Oh, my God. Um, I don't know a thing. Can't host a dating podcast. A nightmare. The other part of that is it's real. It's it's that feeling where, you know, we, Rishi and I always say, like, it's hard to get outside of our little, like, domestic bubble sometimes because we realize that, like, we have the most fun when we're with each other. And so it's like, okay, we should go hang out with our friends and other people. But at the end of the day, we're like, I just want to hang out with you because like you make me laugh and you, you know, make me think and um, you inspire me. And so I think that's for me sort of what it boils down to. And you guys often work from home too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have a garage that's split into two and Lindsay's workshop is on one side and then my recording studio is on the other side of it. So that feeling of sitting on two laptops next to each other on a bed, like you brought that into... 10 years later, you're still doing that in a way. Yeah. It's not always great. You know, when you realize <laughs> that like it's one in the morning and we're still like, we have something on TV and we haven't actually said anything to each other. We've just been, you know, working on whatever on, on our laptops, but there's also something kind of comforting about it too. Okay. So that's the end of our live show and the tour. I have a bit more to tell you guys about after the credits. So stay tuned. All right. I want to thank my guests tonight. We had Rishikesh Herway and Lindsay Mortensen. Please subscribe to Song Exploder, West Wing Weekly. And what's the name of your podcast, Christine? What's up, Whittier? <laughs> this bonus episode was produced by me with Andrew Chug and Lindsay Cradwell. We had engineering by Rob Herbert and Chris Olin. Our editor is Hillary Frank. Event production by Kirsten Holtz for Slate with help from Leah Zayner. We have technical direction from Jason Gambrell featuring artwork by Liana Fink and logo design by Teddy Blanks. Thanks to everyone at Panoply, including Amanda Hill, Stephanie Pollock, who's here tonight. Thank you to CAA, the Creative Artists Agency. This event was such a great fit for our show, only made possible by Bonobos. Thank you to our guide shop and manager, Sarah Ames, and the whole staff here for your expert styling help.
And before we go, I have one more highlight to share with you guys. Rishikesh was, of course, looking very fashionable. What are you wearing tonight? I'm wearing bonobos. <laughs> what was the experience like getting in this amazing suit? It was really nice. I came here to this store and uh, I got the suit for my, our friend's wedding. Got the suit, the shirt, a tie, and oh, a pocket square. And that wedding he's going to be attending. The two brides were actually in our audience at the show, Aaron and Hannah. And it turns out Rishi called them during his suit fitting to ask what color suit Aaron would be wearing. And she lied and said, uh, gray. And then she took a day, played hooky from work with her mom and her fiance and headed to Bonobos. So I dragged the happy couple up on stage to tell me the story. I talked with the wonderful guide shop employee who fitted you. And he said oh. that you were like, I don't know, you pick. <laughs> Is that, does that seem accurate? He was a genius, Bobby. Oh my God. I don't even know. He was like, okay, you just take this tie and this shirt and this pocket square. And we're like, how did you do that? <laughs> his favorite thing to do. It was, he's, yeah. yeah, I don't know how he did it, but he's amazing. Yeah. So you're no. getting married in blue. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Rishi, so I don't know if we've asked you this before, but we're trying to figure out what song to walk down the aisle to. And we have the first dance picked out, but the walking down the aisle song, we're still like going back and forth about that. So, What are the options? Well, Hank, my brother, really wants it to be Take Ecstasy With Me by the Magnetic Field. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> we were like, yeah, that's awesome. And then like sat on it for a day or two. We were like, okay, maybe, maybe not quite the right tone. I don't know. There's lots of Magnetic Fields options, but I don't, or yeah, California Stars by Wilco, Billy Bragg, that one we've been thinking about. What about uh, When My Boy Walks Down the Street? the magnetic field. I wish you were both girls. I know, but wouldn't it be... <laughs> that's why I thought it would be cool. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's a great song. The summer tour was made possible by Bonobos. Check out Bonobos to find clothing that'll fit you better than you ever imagined. Go to bonobos.com slash YOY for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-N-O-B-O-S dot com slash YOY. Yeah.